Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me again today with my guest, Gloria Haas. Maybe that name sounds familiar to you. She's an international best-selling, award-winning author. She's a healer. She's a podcast host. And she's a health blogger, and she's been with me before. Welcome back to the show, Gloria. Thank you, Marcia. It's it's nice to have you in Tucson, where my son and daughter-in-law and dogs live that will be visiting me at the end of the week as I sit here in my home in West, the Westchester community of, of Los Angeles. So I wanted to just welcome you back. And for those that missed our show about a year ago, why don't you please tell us about yourself? Okay. And can I come along first with your son and his wife, where it's clear where you live and where we are? Well, <laughs> if you don't mind riding with three dogs. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll stay home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll tell him you thought about it, okay? Maybe you should have brought the dogs okay. to your house. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. So, I, you know what? I just love talking to you. I, I must admit, I do talk to my guests, as you know, oftentimes before the podcast begins, just to review and make sure we're on the same spot. And you have such life within you. I, I, I can feel it. I, I honestly can feel it in your voice. So let's tell everybody about you so they can start to feel who Gloria is, all right? Okay. I'm a natural-born clairvoyant, and I have both psychic and mediumistic abilities. Not all psychics are mediums, but mediums are all psychic, are also psychics. And I, what has always come natural to me with that is people say, how do you do it? I don't know. I just do it. And if somebody says, can you do this? I don't know. Let's go try it. And it happens, or it doesn't. Usually it does happen. Like speaking with, um, I hadn't spoken with dead spirits before until three years ago when I was asked to help a police officer on a cold case. And I'm just like, well, the only way I'm going to get this information is to see if I can speak with the spirit. And it works. And it's like, okay. But um, also, I'm a remote. I know it was really like, whoa, this stuff works. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and for me, anyway. And yes. also, over the years, I have been a remote viewer, which I started when I was in my 40s when a woman asked me, this is when, you know, I, Internet first started and stuff, and I was in a chat room, and this one woman was in the United States, and she had a boyfriend in England or somewhere overseas, and they were getting together, and she said, could you please see where he is and I thought I've never done this before (laughs) and I asked her what do you mean see 
So she told me, and I could see him laying in bed and how he was laying and what he was wearing, and he was alone. Oh, my gosh. And I thought, wow, that is really bizarre. And then I started, what was interesting was I started teaching at um, a community college with us on computer software. And I could, um, people would call me, I had called my supervisor, she was, I can't talk right now um, because I have a woman here and I could just start visually seeing what the woman was upset about and I started telling her. So that was my first real experience of active remote viewing, but even as a child, I could remote view for miles of what was up ahead. So it's like, no, I can see it. So now I use it on a healing capacity where Mm -hmm. I can actually see what is going on inside the clients. Wow. Like some... hmm? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Don't finish your thought. So what happened was um, someone I know had mentioned that they had a relative that had cancer, and I could see where cancer was throughout the person's body, and I could pray about it and everything. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes I hear a word of what's going on, and sometimes I have physical feelings when I do healing sessions. Mm. So how did you get started as a healer? What what sort of led you down that path? Well, in my 30s, um, I, w- I was newly divorced, uh, living with my parents, starting a new chapter. And, well, I can go back to when I was a child. I was in front of the TV set and watched Catherine Kuhlman talking about people being healed. And then I didn't see it in the church we went to because my parents didn't believe in it. Well, that, you know, I had always been curious, but then I didn't pick that back up until I was in my 30s. And what happened was I was in a group of people. We made friends. Some of us worked together in the same area and the same business in the same company. And I went ahead and we got together and they said, oh, this is our friend, um, Phil. And he did reflexology. Well, he said, Gloria, anytime, and he offered this to everybody, men, women, and I just sort of looked at my friends thinking, oh, is this, you know, one of the new pickup lines? And they said, no, (laughs) Gloria, he does really good. We've all had it. And this is your initiation. I said, okay. So Phil came over to my apartment, and um, he started doing reflexology on my feet. And what I found interesting was, because I had had a health issue for a year, and the doctors ran x-rays, they did um, sonograms, ultrasounds, nothing showed up, but I could feel that something was wrong. And when Phil did the reflexology, this big, my whole, my my right side just blew up about two to three times its size, it swelled up. I went back to my doctor and he says, you have a problem. And then he referred me to a female doctor and because it was a blood-filled cyst that was coming off of my right ovary and going down into my vaginal canal. Hmm. And this is what was wrong the entire time. It had 
cell not done, the reflexology would not have shown up, and that blood-filled cyst had a 95% rupture rate, and it would have killed me. Wow. So wow. they got me interested in what's going on. So then mm-hmm. I started reading my Bible more, and I thought, well, I wouldn't mind having that, being able to, you know, being able to do that in my life. So I started reading more about healing, and I would pray for people. And when I mm-hmm. prayed, people were healed. So that's the very first beginning of mm-hmm. my healing journey. And then in my 40s, um, mid-30s, I, um, to 40s, I ran, uh, had become disabled at age 35 because of fibromyalgia and started running support group meetings uh, with using different modalities of how people can heal. That way I, I was being educated and I could learn because I knew I wanted to help heal people. So I guess you could say I had been a student of different modalities, and I still am. Mm-hmm. And that got me to where I was 15 years ago while attending a church service. And I heard Holy Spirit speak to me about going to pray over someone that I had already known about the spiritual gifts, and mine was always the, um, the gift of helps. I enjoyed, I still do, I enjoy helping people, and I have to be careful with how much I heal people because then it's to my health, health detriment if I don't put a cap on it. So then right. I went over to the person and I tapped her on the shoulder and we had known each other because I'd been attending that church for a while. And I said, God wants me to pray for you. And she's sitting in a scooter on oxygen. And she said, go ahead. And I'm praying over her and I feel God's energy flowing through me to her. And that was on a Sunday and Wednesday night service. She was there without her scooter, without her oxygen, and she got to use her using me as the vessel. Wow. So that's how I basically got started, and mm-hmm. I spoke with the pastor, and he told me that I had the spiritual gift of healing. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So, that, I mean, not everybody can do what you've just described, but have your healings only been with people or have you also been able to use those same skills to heal animals? I started testing that. And mm-hmm. while I had prayed over people and people had been healed, like a pastor's daughter had suffered um, oxygen deprivation in the birth canal. She was never going to tie her shoes, never be able to use a computer. And I was, this was a different church, and I would pray over people, and she would hold on to me. She asked me, can I hold on to you? And she had been married, and her husband had to do a lot of the stuff. And I said, of course. She said, I can feel God. And she got healed to the point where she could use a computer. She could tie her shoes. Mm. She, could, she was able to cook and do different things she couldn't before. And then around that same time, I had a nutrition officer named Missy, and she wasn't that old, and she started going blind. Hmm. And it wasn't cataract. She was just going blind. And I prayed over her, and nothing happened. And I prayed again, and her eyesight was healed because I took her back to the vet. 
and the vet said, this is miraculous, her eyesight is fine. And then my recent dog, um, who I'm no longer with, she oh, went over Rainbow Bridge. Yep. And Bella. she started going blind, yep, at age six. At age five, mm. she started going blind. Really? And I thought, yes. And I prayed over mm. her, and her eyesight was healed. Wow. But also, I know, and then over the span of time, I was attending um, horseback riding stable. I had gotten to know the owner, and I did horse hug therapy, and that's exactly what you do. You hug horses, you touch them, and I'd always had an affinity with horses. I remember as a child that the neighbors had a Palomino horse named Buttercup and would allow me to come over and hug the horse. Um, over the fence, Buttercup would come there, and we would just touch our faces to each other, and I would hug a little bit on her neck, and I remember how much better I felt. And Hmm. I had missed that, and I thought, well, let's try hug therapy again because I was undergoing a lot of mental health issues. So, and that, and the hug therapy helped. And while I was there, I noticed that um, one of the horses had um, arthritis issues, and I was waiting to, for my ride to come pick me up because I, I don't drive anymore and, by choice. And okay. um, this is before my head injury. I chose okay. not to drive by choice. And I was there, and I noticed the horse, gorgeous quarter horse. And I got to know – and I – and the horse looked at me, and I looked at him, and she said, Roy would like to come up and meet with you. And she asked me how often was, I was there and what did I do. And so I was there once a week, and Roy and I got to be friends. Well, on this one time, Roy was having trouble walking, and I asked her, what is wrong with him? And she said, arthritis. And I said, hmm. I've done healing from people and dogs. May I try on your horse? And she said, of course you can. But, I, but first, she asked Roy, is it okay? And I asked Roy, do I have your permission? And he nodded his head, yes. <laughs> and I laid hands oh, on him. Yeah, because if you don't have the animal's permission, you don't go forward. Um, okay. because this is, and I explained to Roy what he was going to feel and what I was going to do, just like I would with people. And I got over this one area, and he sort of flinched, and I could feel the fibrous tissue underneath, and that is where a former um, owner had beat him because oh, they no. wanted him to be a, a racehorse like his great-great-grandfather's oh. secretariat. Oh. And he had PTSD. The horse had PTSD from previous owners mm. and from not treating him well. So hmm. I went ahead and I prayed over Roy and um, the owner just took, took it easy and I got her phone number and I called her a couple of days later. She said, oh, he's prancing around like a little, you know, like a little <laughs> youngster. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Like, Isn't wow. That, that's so cool. And it, it that's is. so cool. And another, another, may I say another story? This one Absolutely. is really profound about this horse. All healing is profound. I'm not minimalizing any of it. Right. But this one, horse had colic. 
and what they didn't know if the horse was going to make it because they didn't know if his intestines was twisted or not, or her intestines, I can't remember if it was a male or a female. But I was at Bible study, and I knew the pastor, and he was, this one woman had a horse farm and said, why don't we go ahead and have it here? Well, we were there one night, and the horse was, you could hear it crying and just neighing and restless and in pain. And I asked what, and the pastor asked what was wrong. She said, he's called up. And I asked, what is that? Well, he's constipated. And he's not, and his bowels are not free-flowing. And the vet usually gives him an enema. And its enemas are not working, but the vet can't make it till tomorrow. Hmm. And my pastor friend looked at me knowing that I had the gift of healing. And I nodded my head yes. And I asked her. Well, he approached and said, Gloria has the healing, you know, the gift of healing. And she looked at me and asked what that was. And I explained and I told her, she said, I asked her if I could work on her horse. And she said, what does that entail? And I told her, well, my friend and the owner got into the stall. She goes, I want you to go in. I said, no, you need to go in. The horse knows both of you. The horse doesn't know me. I'm not going to approach the horse who does not know me and calm the horse down, make sure, you know, it is okay. And then I asked the horse if I could, I got to in front of the horse's face and I'm going to say it's a she, she nodded her head. Yes. And I was on her left side, started the healing. Well, you could hear all the gas passing through and after I would even go to the right side and then she would present her left side to me more because mm. that's where she had more of issues. So after about half an hour to 45 minutes, I mean, the horse cleared out poop like you would not believe. <laughs> and oh. the vet came the next day, and the horse was healed. And the owner called me and thanked me. Wow, that's an amazing story. My goodness. Well, you know, you mentioned, and maybe you could just kind of, briefly explain this once again you mentioned that you are a remote viewing healer i was just wondering if you could just redefine that for us um as we move on okay um remote viewing is where in my mind's eye with my eyes open or closed i can see things well let's say that um i'll say um I'll use a past client and uh, actually a current, I'll use a current client that I know has rheumatoid arthritis. His hands are all balled up. Well, what I do is I can see, let's say um, I looked at his hand, his right hand had a knuckle deformity on his right hand. And his, actually I didn't know it, but this is what I saw. And I also felt the the pain. So mm. I was able to reduce the inflammation and the pain and straighten out and talk with the fingers and the tendons and the ligaments to straighten out. And I started massaging my hand, and he would feel this at the time. And some people will feel when I do the healing, and some people won't. And it all depends on where they are on their healing journey. So a past client 
also was having issues, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. The doctor said, I think you have it. And we were, we're friends, and she said, Gloria, this is what the doctor is. I said, may I give you healing sessions? And for my friend, I'm, I'm do, I do it for free. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes. So while I'm working on her pancreas, I found that her liver bile ducts, I saw them completely blocked. Wow. So I'm in there cleaning out the bile ducts, and then I heard the word blood. So I'm cleaning out a mixture of blood and bile out of her liver and Mm. her liver ducts and cleaning up so her pancreas can work better. And then I saw benign tumors on her liver, and I also heard cancer in her pancreas. So I worked on all of this over a span of eight weeks. And when I told her I heard the word blood, you know, I don't expect to hear back what's going on. And she said, I never told this to anyone except my husband, and explained to me, and I explained to her what she needed to work on if this whole if this area was going to get better and i told her because of what you experienced you have buried it in your pancreas you've buried it in your liver and Mm. i said you're going to end up having cancer reoccurring if you don't deal with your emotional memories from the past so that is basically what happens with remote viewing and there were times I did her sessions that she would get physically sick and feel nauseous because I'm stirring up the toxins and I would tell her drink a lot of water and I'm flushing the toxins out. Well, I can only do so much and a person's body is designed to flush toxins out through the bloodstream and through urination and through Mm -hmm. bowel movements. So a person really needs to drink a lot of water and eat just regular water or lemon water to flush mm. things out. So that's basically, yes, what I would do as a remote, a remote viewer. And one client I worked on once and I stopped because this person had eye surgery and I could see where he was having problems with it. And when I would go ahead and touch it, it would give him extreme pain, which I didn't know. He said that he had pain around this from having had surgery on his eye. And his wife's a healer. And I did the one session. And he said that he was going to have a certain procedure done to help with the pain levels. And I mentioned to his wife, I said, you're a healer. I'm I'm not going to take your money. Why don't you give your husband this? And I told her what a prescription of what he needed to do, similar mm-hmm. to what a doc. I'm not a doctor, but I said mm-hmm. what he needs to do is relax more because when we tense up, we make things worse. Even if the yeah. surgery has been botched, I cannot undo a botched surgery. God can, but I can't. And whether that happens or not is. I'm just a vessel. So mm-hmm. what happened was I had given him homework to do, and he didn't do it. No. And wasn't regular with it. And I thought, I'm not going to take this person's money because they're not 
doing what they need to do to have better health. Mm-hmm. So I, then his wife took over doing the healing sessions and it was like, okay, I, because, you know, I know there are plenty, there are people out there who would have, who would have fleeced him for his money because he needed daily sessions or every two to three days it needed to be done. And at $20 a pop, you know how expensive that would be? Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. just like, no, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to do it, especially mm-hmm. since his wife could take over. Right. Well, let me ask you, because you, you are clearly a tremendous storyteller, which will explain why you have a podcast as well. But before we get over to your podcast, um, I'd like to know how you got involved writing a health-related blog. Well, I had decided that after the healing sessions, I would be giving people information on what they needed to do. And I thought because of seeing a lot of doctors and other practitioners when I was younger and to get my healing journey where I could manage things, which I have, I thought, you know, there's so many things out there that I don't know about and other things that I've experienced that have been backed by my doctor and medical science that has worked. I thought, why not write a health-related blog Mm -hmm. to further educate people and everyone become, you know, become more proactive in their healing journey. So, one article I wrote had to do with a possible correlation between dry skin and constipation. And hmm. someone who works in the mental health field, um, I wrote and said, what kind of health-related, I know this person, blog would you like, the withdrawal effects of opiates on the brain. And yep. because they were having a lot of clients having seizures. Well, I started investigating opioids and opiates. Well, of course, I become an educated, and I started writing the blog articles and thought, okay, I can pick a different area because there's so many. Every two weeks I'll write a new uh, blog about a different area so that way people can see what's going on and I can update it when new information comes across that that is viable. That's great. That's terrific. And you are so multifaceted. So I mentioned a moment ago that you have a podcast. It's called Life of a Visionary. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you do and and your guests that you have. Well, I first started years ago doing visions and dreams because I received a lot of visions and dreams. And it didn't go anywhere because people were not interested. I have Mm three cognitive dreams and visions of what goes on, not just in the physical realm, but in multidimensional realm. And that may seem way out there, but we're all multidimensional beings. And I thought, well, why don't I write about the life of a visionary so people can get to know me better, what Mm -hmm. happens and what I do. And there's only so much of that that people can go over before they run out of things to do. And I thought I could also have guests on there. And one woman 
is a kinesiologist, and she does kinesiology on people who have anxiety. Mm-hmm. And she came across my path, and that's part of my life as a visionary. And so I thought, well, I'll interview her. And I also stated when um, I think I was in MK Ultra experiment years ago because I still don't have memories of my junior year and I would have been in the prime area where they do these experiments when we had moved. And also I've interviewed someone on having a near-death experience. Well, I've had mm. one. I didn't want to keep coming from a me situation. I've had this. I've had that because that starts sounding self-absorbed. So I put out there who's had a near-death experience and I interviewed, you know, I interviewed somebody. And mm-hmm. I will be interviewing someone this Thursday night on how they help, on how he helps men have a better, more, have a better life, better health, coming from a male point of view, because I've heard a lot from female point of view. Sure. And I'll also be doing a podcast, which will be aired in a couple of weeks on actually be aired this week, I forgot, on how we can raise our own vibrational energy so that way we can have better health and be more like like a health-related blog, be more proactive in our own health. Well, and I, I, I will, you know, you can say this now if you'd like, but I'll make sure that we talk about this at the end of the podcast. So say somebody's listening to this right now, how would they find that? Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter and yes, you are. Uh, That's how uh, I got yep, to meet I'm you. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Gloria Hass, and um, also on Facebook, mm-hmm. and also I have a Patreon account that I just opened up. That's Healthy Life Blog, but that's mm-hmm. how they could find everything, um, all of this information. Mostly excellent. Like on on if they follow me on Facebook or Twitter, they're going to see my different sure. posts along with health tips. And I Let do me interrupt you, Gloria. Life of the visionary. I would like <laughs> to inter- interject this real quickly because I often um, like to spell people's names, and I didn't do yours initially. So for those of you listening or thinking, wait a minute now, I've got to go check out this Twitter account or this Facebook account. So Gloria is spelled just like the song, G-L-O-R-I-A, I won't go into singing. But your last name is spelled H-A-S-S, so that way people um, can find you. Because i got to tell you, um, I do follow you in those places, I not you know not everybody likes social media and I get that, but I love your Twitter posts. I love the positivity of your Twitter posts and what you say, and it kind of takes me right into it's a, it's the perfect segue because you you post about kindness, and um, you just mentioned that you post about kindness, and I'd like to know um, how how does that relate to um, someone's health how does how do you connect kindness and health kindness and health are linked in the same way that negativity and health are linked together kind if we're negative you're going to be producing all this cortisol and you're going to be hurting your kidneys your brain your heart your lungs 
all of your organs in your body, and plus your stomach and your heart muscle, are all okay. connected. Now, by positing, by positing, by positing <laughs> uh-huh. about, <laughs> about so kindness, yes. I, I, have, I have to laugh at myself. Um, I, I, I love like that about you. Myself as well. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, man. Um, by posting about kindness is giving yes. people time their brain to take a break from all the negativity that is going mm-hmm. on. And by posting about kindness, they're raising, they're lowering their blood pressure, or, they, or if they're going to get kicked off by what I post, then that's fine. But uh-huh. being kind to somebody, everyone wants people to be kind to them. So mm-hmm. why not we be kind to each other and, and let's spread kindness and love. And what that does is it gets people a chance to relax Gives yes. their blood pressure time to lower, their brains time to relax and not be in automatic mode, and getting the cortisol levels to lower. Because we have enough bullies out there. We have enough people with toxic spew that they are just interjecting in everyone's life, including mainstream media. They're all yes. doing that. So. I post about kindness because I want people to have a healthier and better life. So let's take a pause and I put little cute pictures and beautiful pictures with mm-hmm. my posts so people will be able to look at it and say, oh, I feel better now. Right. You know, Gloria, I think you would absolutely agree with this because I've, I've gotten to know you. And I think what you would agree with is the first person that you need to be kind to is who yourself absolutely if we can't you know if if i remember my mother saying this a million years ago if if you can't be nice to somebody how can you expect them to be nice to you if you want to love somebody you have to love yourself first and this i think it goes the same way with kindness sometimes Many of us, depending upon our personalities, our experiences in life, we might be able to be kind to somebody, but we struggle to frankly be kind to ourselves. And I think you would probably put a pretty high value on that, don't you? I really do, but I didn't up until probably about 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I I knew how to be nice to others. I was brought up with if you don't have nothing nice, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't, don't say, say anything, anything at all. It's like right. shutting everything up. And what people don't realize is that they're shutting up because they weren't allowed to have a voice. They were, they did what they were told to do. And when you have people in your life, including your family members, who are not kind to you, how can and then you start believing that you're unlovable and that you're yeah. not a good person and that you don't deserve to love yourself or be kind to yourself. So I started checking books out of the library about kindness. I wanted to go back to the basics. What mm-hmm. is kindness? And kindness and love go hand in hand. 
but there are times where kindness and love doesn't go hand in hand. And where you can be kind to someone, but you don't love them. And you can be kind just as a show, as manipulative purposes. But I started applying exercises where if I wanted someone to know that I liked them, what would I do? And it's just like, I mean, I shed a lot of tears when I started being kind to myself. And Mm -hmm. I was brought up that if you buy something for yourself, you have to justify the cost. And justify it that it's your birthday or you have somewhere to go. You cannot Mm. give yourself a just because gift. Mm. And I started crying. And really, that just really brought me up short when I went to go buy myself something just because. And I thought, well, I can't do this with the first thought because I don't have any way of justifying that I deserve it. Wow, and mm. we deserve it because of who we are. We don't. Mm-hmm. We do it because of who we are, not because it's a birthday or a holiday or we have an event coming up. I just bought myself uh, just because. Yes, that will be here in a couple of days, and it's because I wanted this because I felt happy. And I'm not saying that people should rely on external things to make them happy. I'm saying on you have to be happy and kind to yourself inside and the external things will help where I have decided that I'm going to do a little decorate my apartment in like a fairyland. Well, I needed this item in order to do that. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay. And because I'm doing it because I want to, because I, I love myself. I like who I am. And, you know, and then I even had to learn how to love myself and even like who I am. Mm -hmm. You're right. Well, um, you and I could talk for hours, and I want to make sure that I get some of these questions um, 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 asked to you because that's really important. I think what I'm going to do in the effort of, of making sure we have plenty of time for this. I'm going to move a little bit down our script, if you're okay, because we will talk Mm -hmm. about your writing, but I really want to give you ample time to talk about this huge event that's coming up on October the 14th. And I've put that in my blog, um, and I thought you could spend some time so you have ample time to explain that. And we can go back to some of our other questions as well. So what's happening on October the 14th? It's my first annual free hmm. online healing and health conference. It will be held on Zoom. And it was like, how else could I? I'm doing this because let's go ahead and put more things out there. And mm-hmm. I'm having, I invited an angel alchemist. And all of the, it's going to be four sessions and it's going to be half a day. Each session is only a half an hour from, and it'll start at 9 a.m. Pacific California time to 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon California time. And once the session is like 9 to 10, 
Well, 9 to 9.30, then we have 10 to 10.30, 11 to 11.30, and then noon to 12.30. And each of the sessions will have a demonstration. And this is not an infomercial. And I'm not going to um, take people's, even though they have to sign up via email, I am not going, I want them to know I am not going to spam you. You're only going to get information about the healing conference. And then you won't hear from me for an entire year until I have the next one. <laughs> so I want people Good. to know that yes. just because you sign up does not mean you get put on my regular mailing list. No, I, I don't do that. So I have uh, Shahara Fernando. She is from Sri Lanka, and she's mm-hmm. going to start out. She's the angel alchemist, and she's going to explain what modality she uses in angel alchemy and how that all works. And then I will be her guinea pig. I'll be everyone's <laughs> guinea pig in the first three sessions right. on, on how things work so people can physically see how does this work. Maybe somebody wanted to use angel alchemy, but they were curious. They didn't want to pay the money to find out how this worked. Mm-hmm. And maybe they couldn't find a video on it, a, a complete video. So... Shahar, we're going to give a brief, you know, demonstration. And in that, she also does card reading of the cards. And we're going to show people, you know, I'm, they're going to find out more about me. <laughs> yes. Probably what I wanted people to know, but that's okay. <laughs> and, and then we'll take a brief spell. And then Libby Goldart will, is from Australia, is, no, the next person is William Elder, and he's going to do agape cards, and he's going mm. to bring out people's hidden secrets on how they can heal in different areas of their lives using the agape cards. And this will be my first experience, will be my second experience with agape cards because he's getting them soon, and he's, I'm going to be a skinny pig because I want to see how they work before sure. we go into the conference. So it will be interesting to see if my reading changes or stays the same. And then Libby Goldark will be <laughs> from 11 to 11.30 because we like three or four in the morning, her time in Australia. And she's going to talk about kinesiology and how it helps with mental health and anxiety and, and fear and give a demonstration on how she can do this with somebody thousands of miles away. Wow. And then I will be ending the conference from 12 to 12:30. I'll be giving a free, a free, a free, a free <laughs> group healing, and it will be a guided meditation. And I will let people see how the remote healing works and how my guided meditation works. Mm. And I will be seeing starting with the brain and going all the way down the feet, time allowing of what I see of the individuals who are, who are attending, or I may pick up even on a relative of theirs who may need healing, and we can you know, transfer that healing over to a relative. So that's where it will all take place is on Zoom. And I, I don't like having one-hour sessions because I believe that people can receive a lot of benefit in a half an hour, and also time allowing, we'll have like maybe five or ten minutes after if we run short, we'll have time for questions and answers. 
And I was going to ask that. that. I will send out. Okay, yes, go ahead. <laughs> and, in, and if we don't have time, in the email that I send everyone with the Zoom links, there will only be one Zoom link, and please don't share this with other people. I would like for them to sign up because I want this to be a safe space because I'm right. limiting this to I only have room for 80 more people. Mm-hmm. And as it signs up, I would like for the participants to come. So if you have a relative you would like, have them come to your house. You know, if they live by you or a friend or your spouse or your family, let them sit with you on Zoom. I'm not limiting it to one person per household if they're right. in your household living with you. But if you know of somebody, forward my email to them for them to sign up with when you first actually when you first get the information about the healing conference and have them sign up that way. But I will also, getting back to the initial email that I will send out, it will have who's going to be when and their contact information. So this way, if you want to get in touch with the speaker after it's all over with, you will be, you'll have that information in the email. And the information in signing up for the conference will be on my follow-up blog so people know precisely how to get in touch with you, Gloria. It's through your email. I don't know if that you want to say that on the air, but it will definitely be on the blog so yes. people can get in touch with you. Um, it's Gloria has the number 5 at gmail.com. There you go. So I thank you. I just so I w- I'm going to repeat what that is. So it's Gloria's name. It's Gloria Hass. Remember that's H A S S, the number five at gmail dot com. Thank you. I I wanted you to say that first so that I had the permission of doing that. I want to take you back then because I'm I really wanted to give you ample time to speak about this. When you were on my show about a year or so ago, we were talking about a crime fiction book that you had written called The Dick Jorgensen Murder. So I'm just curious, are you still writing and what are you writing about? Yes, I'm still writing besides blog articles. I'm I'm just finishing up on a, a science fiction book, and that will, is called Crossbreed. This is the first time I've told the public the title of the book, and it'll be available right. on Amazon the beginning of August. And it's a, oh, it's, a, it's a science fiction book about a woman who has had extraterrestrial experiences starting in her 20s and what all mm. of that looks like and also about past and future life regressions, and taking her taking people on that journey of what all of the metaphysical realm looks like and how she went from point A in her life and why she made the choices she did to the experiences she had, staying quiet about him and then finally opening up because she had a best friend who was in to metaphysical area her most of her life so emma who is the main character was able to speak with charlotte her best friend and became roommate and how that whole journey takes place through her entire personal and life and how that started affecting her professional life a little bit and then why she like i said made the choices she did mm-hmm. and I also have my next two crime fiction books um, hmm. 
I'm not going to say what their titles are because it may take a year and a half to two years to write it, and I don't wow. want to lose the title. But you've on started it. them. And yes, on actually the second. It's funny because the second book of the of the Dick following right after the Dick Jorgensen murder, because this is the Bauer Detective Agency series. It's going to be a, a trilogy, and mm-hmm. I I don't know if there's going to be a fourth book with that. I'm not sure. But I know in the second book, it will pick up where the Dick Jorgensen murder leaves off. I already have it outlined. I have a lot, quite a bit of research to do. So I have mm-hmm. the research pages bookmarked. But in book three, it picks, it's just funny, book three, I already, I already have all these notes of what I wanted to <laughs> incorporate in this. So book three is almost written. <laughs> because Gosh. Book two. And it's, I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I, I'm just trying to think about being in your body right now and thinking, because I, I know what it's like being in my body, and it's like, man, if I don't write these things down, or where did I, where did I put that piece of paper with that password on it? Oh my God, where is it? I, I, I you, do you journal? Do you, do you? Do you journal? I, I've never, I know I've never asked you this. Is, is, that a, is that a way for you to kind of keep track of what it is you want to remember to do? Yes, it is. I have dictated emails to myself with what I want to Perfect. do in the book. And also, if it's the middle of the night, I yes. will dictate into my personal phone, send to my business cell phone, because that I, can pick, I can pick up those uh, emails on the internet off of my computer as well as my phone and I can copy and paste them into the document. So that is how I do it because it's like, I don't want to lose all of this. And some right. of the I had gotten was when I was writing the Dick Jorgensen murder and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's going to lead to this. Oh, I've got to put it down before I lose it. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I, I'm sure some could say, well, you know, you're interrupting your sleep and you should, um, you know, you shouldn't be waking your brain up to that level. But um, if if that's the process that, that works for you, I mean, I do have tablets by my bedside. I do have tablets in my office. I do have tablets in my kitchen because sometimes I just think of things and, you know, I'm a little older than you and I don't want to forget what that was and sometimes you know if you can for me and maybe that's for you as well and maybe that's for others as well and that is sometimes if you can get it sort of out of that focal point of your brain and you can get it on a piece of paper whether it's the journal or whatever you whatever that process is for you it almost gives you like oh gosh I know I won't forget that now because that's been written down and maybe now I can just allow myself to get back to sleep. And I, do you do you practice yoga and meditation and that kind of stuff personally? Do you do that? I don't do yoga, but I practice meditation. Yeah. And what happens is when I get this down in the email or in the text message, my brain has will stop nagging at me that I need to do it and allow myself to go back to sleep. That's great. So That's for me... While it may momentarily disrupt my sleep by getting mm-hmm. it out, I can mm-hmm. I can go back to sleep and relax. 
I've never done what you've just said, which is to pick up the phone and speak into the phone. I know a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that with social media. I have a friend that does that because she has tremors in her hand and it's just easier for her to speak into instant messaging on Facebook or however. Granted, we all know that when you do that, sometimes they don't hear you correctly, they don't spell it correctly. It's like, what? What, what did that just mean? But I mean, I mean, that, I know that that happens. But frankly, I can do that with my fingers too. And it's, it's like, I didn't mean to write that. And, and, and I just hit send. And it's like, that isn't the word I was in, intending to write. So, um, I, you know, I, I think that we all have to have a process for um, communicating, whether it's to others or in your case, to yourself. And I think it's really um, humorous to me that part three of the trilogy is further along than part two. You maybe want to rethink that. <laughs> maybe part three will become part no. two. No, no, it's not going to no, happen uh-uh. that way. The way it okay. goes, but no, uh-uh. part okay. two has to happen in order for part three to happen. Got but it. Part three is going to be more of um, a reconciliation in the main character's mind. And that has to happen for it to resolve at the end of book three or possibly go. go into book four. So, no, it, that's why book two has to happen first because it would, if I went from book one to book three, making book three book two, we're going to miss out on an entire relationship between the main character I, and the man. Oh, yeah. And then it that's being a love happen. triangle. Oh, boy. No, because at the end of yeah. book one of Dick Jorgensen murder, it leaves it hanging when oh. someone from her past comes back into her life, someone she loved and thought it was just puppy love, and those feelings are still there, and she's in another, re- she's in a long-distance relationship. Right. <laughs> so That's it, how you, you know, crack I, me I up. can't go to, to book three. I have to do book two first. Sure so you do. she can redevelop her relationship with the man from her past. That's, that's so funny. I I wanted to mention this by saying this out loud, but it will also be absolutely included the link um, in my my blog that I'll be posting when this is over. But for those of you that are listening and can't wait for that blog to get posted, this is a way that you can find Gloria, and I'm going to spell it for you so that it just makes it a little bit easier. So it's the W's, and then you're going to type P-A-T-R-E-O-N, like Nancy, dot com, and then do the forward slash and type in all one word, Healthy Life Blog, because that's a new place that you can find um, Gloria, and I just want to make sure that I spoke that for you. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about before suddenly we're like out of time, and that is when you're not working, and I don't know if that ever happens, but when you're not working, <laughs> besides chuckling, um, how how do you like to spend your free time? Well, that has changed to where I had to re- reinvent my life because – my life revolved around my dog, Bella. And it's like, what am I going to do? I change, um, because I changed, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? 
I listen to audiobooks. I'm now able to physically read books since my brain has healed more from a traumatic brain injury from three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And I watch movies. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten a little more social where I, I touch with friends. Nice. And I'm re, like I said, I'm redecorating my apartment. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I do more relaxed. It's funny because I have the tendency to fill up my time that I had with Bella and my playtime with her with doing more work. And I thought, no, my brain needs to heal more. So what am I going to do? Instead Mm -hmm. of walking two to three miles, which was stretched out through an entire day, I will walk anywhere from a half a mile to one mile Mm -hmm. um, once a day. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll split the half a mile up, half a mile in the morning and a half a mile at night. And I do all indoor walking right now because it's just too hot to be outside. I was going to say, yeah, it's very hot. Yes, 110 and 111, and and you wake up in the morning and at 4:30 and it's still 90 degrees. Right, Um, we're having a heat wave and no rain, so it makes it even more stifling. So I thought, okay, what else? I have a doll collection. I moved my Hmm. doll collection from my bedroom and put them on my shelves, so I feel like I have company. And I talk with my dolls, and I thought. Hmm. I can crochet more dolls. So that's hmm. what I'm going to do is crochet some more dolls. And nice. I, I take naps. <laughs> do you? you well, I, because, did I hear yes, you say take, that, that mm-hmm. oftentimes you get up as early as 4.30 in the morning? Yes. Well, I then do. that's and probably why I you had a half an hour nap in. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's good. Yeah. And you know... It won't always be blazing hot in Tucson, and um, I mean there's some magnificent places to visit in Tucson and, and, and surrounding parts of Arizona, and I mean the Sedona and some of the places that people can go and visit, you know, um, are really nice. And you know, walking is important, and obviously when you walked Bella all the time, that meant that you were moving around, and moving around is I'm sure you would agree is important for our brains as well to get that exercise, drink some fluids and all of those different things that, you know, keep us healthy. And um, it sounds to me like, you know, and, and I said this, I, I, we, you and I have talked about this. Um, we both live alone and we, we have to, for us, um, I, I, we share this the same, is there needs to be a purpose you know, like that song, What's It All About, Alfie? There needs to be, mm-hmm. what, what are you about? And maybe you don't know. I mean, maybe you really don't know. Maybe you never even thought to ask yourself that. But when your lifestyle changes or not, and you've still been married to the same woman or man for these 50-plus years, and you've got pets and grandchildren or whatever, you know, you have to have that balance and I think that balance is very underrated um, and I think it's it's would you agree that it's very important it is uh, there are times where you just might need to just get a whole bunch of rest and that mm-hmm. balances out when you get a whole bunch of work done 
but with me now, um, and we can, we have a choice over our calendar, but there will be life events you don't have control of mm-hmm. and might end up running over your calendar. But I write in my book three major things a day that I want to accomplish. Nice. And I make sure I get up and walk around every one to two hours, not go from getting up from the computer and going sitting on the couch because if we don't right. move, we don't get our blood pumping, we have the potential of developing blood clots. Right. And that's why it's important to drink fluid and, and to keep moving. And also, I had, after my head injury, and we spoke about this earlier, I was not able to laugh. I was very negative only because of the brain damage involved. And I had to, to finally start looking at watching comedies to oh. try and get my brain healing to where now you can't shut me up from laughing. That's, that is so funny. You know, um, I know we're at the top of the hour, but you just said something that I think is really important that maybe could be a takeaway for those of you that are, that are listening. And you said that you write down three major things that you'd like to accomplish each day. And I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. I guess, honestly, I do the same thing. Maybe I don't number them, but I know that there are certain things. I mean, I like you, I, I have a very productive life. I'm trying to manage a lot of different things at the same time. And uh, I, I don't want to – I tell people you'll, – you'll love this. I tell people sometimes I feel like I'm a master juggler, and I'm throwing all these balls up in the air, but they're all hitting me in the head because I can't catch them all because I'm trying to do too many things. Multitasking is not a friend to a senior citizen, maybe to a younger person. But, you know, we've got to be able to manage our time so that we feel like, ah, oh, that was really good. I'm glad I did that. And I, I just – I just want to thank you once again for spending this hour with me and and our listeners to be able to have an opportunity to really get to know you all the more. And hopefully these folks will be able to tune in to the Zoom call on October the 14th with the wonderful people you've set up to present. And thank you. Thank you so, so much, Gloria, for joining me again today. Thank you, Marcia. I've enjoyed it as always. Yes, it's been fun. So everybody, have a great day. Get on with your drink. Go, go, everybody, go drink some water as we speak right now. And um, there's um, actually two more Mondays in this month. So you'll be seeing me again or hearing me again the next two Mondays in a row. So I look forward to that. And for now, I'm going to say goodbye and be well, everybody. Bye-bye for now.